Washington. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Executive Talk, those that are here live in our studio audience and also those that are watching us live. In today's show, we're going to talk about the value of your office presentation. Now, as business owners, you know, we think about a lot of things. We think about our bottom line all the time. We also think about our brand name all the time. But one thing that we failed to really think about is the value of our office presentation and what it actually means. So in order to actually talk about this particular topic, we uh, invited Brian McGinnis, owner and operator of Service Master, here with us today to talk to us a little bit further about the value of that office presentation. So without further ado, let's welcome Brian. Thank you, Maurice. How are you Thank doing, Brian? Me. Thanks for being here and thanks for talking to us about this particular topic. Now, I think first and foremost, in order to really get our minds wrapped around this the right way, we need to actually talk about the definition of commercial cleaning. And I bet you there's a couple of different perspectives, a perspective from a commercial cleaner and also a perspective from the marketplace and what the business owner really sees it as. So talk to us about the definition from a commercial cleaner perspective. Well, you're right, there are different perspectives. And when you look at uh, how to define our industry from the commercial cleaning side of things, uh, our primary focus is to provide uh, project cleaning and janitorial services to our customers at the highest level of quality uh, with solid consistency. Uh, those are two critical elements that we need to provide at all times. Uh, it's not only important that we provide a building that's aesthetically pleasing, but it also has to be clean. Uh, those aren't always the same thing, and that's sure. where people oftentimes get confused. Uh, but those are two critical elements that we need to look at all the time. Uh, but ultimately, the end result of any commercial cleaning company is that we uh, try to meet, at a minimum, the expectations of our, of our customer. I see. Okay, so the marketplace, how do, how do they visualize commercial cleaning? Well, uh, I think we could say that uh, oftentimes if we talk to different customers, they'd have a different perspective or definition <laughs> uh, based on their needs and wants. Uh, we deal with business owners, facility managers, and other positions that are responsible for managing uh, the aesthetics and the cleanliness of their facilities. And everybody has different needs and wants. And it's also true that not everybody thinks about who's actually taking out the trash, cleaning the restrooms, mm. uh, mopping and vacuuming the floors, uh, wiping the, the counters and cleaning the windows. And they also don't think of the process and what it takes to get it done. Uh, so that typically creates a mindset that anybody can do it, sure. that anybody can do the cleaning. And it creates uh, kind of that myth. And so uh, we'll talk more about that uh, as, we, as we move on. But Take this picture, for example, on the screen, there's a, a cleaner that's cleaning the glass. Well, she's not just uh, spraying on some cleaner and wiping it down with a rag. Believe it or not, she, she has actually been trained, hopefully, on how to <laughs> right. clean the, the glass properly using the right chemical, the right uh, type of uh, tools and resources so that it is cleaned not only properly and doesn't have streaks or marks on it and that it's uh, clean and clear, but also doing it efficiently so she's working within the budget for that particular building. So there's also that side of it as well. It's not just, is she cleaning right, but is she doing it uh, so that it's done efficiently as well. And so when you, when you look at that, and you also look at that mindset that anybody can do it, sure. and also that uh, in our industry, a lot of uh, companies tend to compete heavily on price, it has created a perspective in many people's minds that uh, we're commoditized, that low value, low price. And uh, that's something that I know we'll explore more today. Sure. So, you know, with that being said, the first timer, and that means this is the first time I've said, you know, I'm gonna take off my business owner hat, which typically means I'll do the cleaning, I'll do everything, right? You know how business owners are, you know how we're. Yep. <laughs> so I'm saying, okay, here, go ahead and do my commercial cleaning, but it's still in the back of my mind, I'm still looking at its cost versus right. the value of it. So how can I get into the framework of the value of commercial cleaning for my facility? 
when you're looking at commercial cleaning and the value that you're trying to derive from it uh, for the price you're going to pay, <coughs> um, make sure that uh, you're looking at uh, several different key uh, steps in the process. First of all, ask lots of questions. Uh, do homework if you're not sure about what you're getting into, if you don't know the terminology. Uh, but don't be afraid to ask questions of the companies you're looking at. Uh, don't be afraid of price alone. Oftentimes in any industry, uh, price is, whoa, you know, uh, I'm done, I'm out. Uh, that's too high. Or that's too low even, because that can also happen in our industry where uh, people come in too low. So don't be afraid of price alone. Uh, make sure you're um, looking at the value given uh, for that particular price, because you may find that uh, a, cust a, a company that has given you a, a bidder proposal, they may not be aligned with your needs and wants for the price they've given you. So that's very critical. Be conscientious of your comfort level with the communication with the companies you're looking at and make sure you're comfortable with that. That's very critical because oftentimes you might go based on price or the presentation, but then you find out later on there are communication issues. So always make sure you're looking at how that's going to affect your relationship with that company uh, going forward. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And you know, I think this is another big area for a lot of business owners when they're choosing a commercial cleaning company. One thing that a business owner does know mm -hmm. is that they know their hours of operation, so they know nine to seven. They know also that when they're in the office, they know where their employees sit, they know their computers, they, know, they even know where all the office supplies are located. But one thing that they don't know is when I give you the, the keys to the office facility, what happens after seven o'clock? And that's one of those things where trust is very hard sure. thing to, to come into when you're dealing with a commercial cleaning facility. So how can a commercial cleaning company actually create that trust mm -hmm. for that business owner? Well, you're right. Uh, oftentimes we're in buildings uh, alone. There's no one else there. They give us the keys to the kingdom. We get alarm codes. We're walking around <laughs> buildings with lots of equipment and valuable assets. Uh, and so you're right. Uh, we have to have that trust. So uh, we try to start from the very beginning when we're uh, working on building the bid in the presentation uh, by asking a lot of questions, uh, by giving them information and educating them on what it is we can do for them based on their needs and wants. And we really focus on four key areas, uh, open and constant communication, building a solid uh, cleaning strategy that meets their needs, uh, building a task schedule that defines what it is we're going to be doing and when, and also uh, by clearly defining the expectations, mm. which the task schedule helps to do, but it's not the only piece of the puzzle. Uh, so really, uh, those are four key areas we focus on. And then we also uh, really try to established peace of mind, mm. ultimately. That's our goal. And so when we're in there at night alone or there on the weekends or, or even uh, we're there and they have people working, maybe uh, there's a, a person staying late, we want them to feel comfortable with our staff in the office and not be afraid that you know, there's somebody else in the building. And so building that peace of mind is, is critical and we do that by following those four key areas and uh, really uh, focusing on the communication piece overall. If you had to put everything underneath uh, you know, a, a, a critical step, it's the communication and instilling that confidence in them by our actions. So if we say we're going to do something, we do it. If we have a task schedule that we've agreed upon that outlines what we're going to be doing, we follow it. Sure. And then if there's issues, uh, de deviations from that plan, uh, we communicate that and make sure that both sides are on the same page. Sure. You know, I think uh, one value that um, I, don't, I don't know if you mentioned or not, but, you know, instead of just having it as a another transaction that the business owner is doing, mm -hmm. you think it's very important to create a solid partnership. I think yes. that, that partnership is a very key word. And yes, partnership is critical. Uh, 
we can have a service agreement document that outlines the terms and conditions of the relationship. We have a task schedule that says what we will do, when and where. Uh, but that doesn't really create a partnership. That creates a vendor-customer relationship, and we try to go way beyond that. We want to uh, build a true partnership that's sustainable and long-term, because then when you do make a mistake, hopefully you can overcome it and move on, and you keep the account, and everybody's happy, and they understand you're only human. And when we go above and beyond, they recognize what we're doing for them, and they appreciate that, and they let us know in a, in a true partnership. Yeah, very good. So. And this one is another, uh, so again, this is another area that people feel probably uncomfortable with in this in the business marketplace is white glove service. When I'm looking at these two costs, when I look at first and foremost client costs, if I'm paying $900 a month, again, that's another you know, dollar that's going out of my pocket per month. I'm thinking this thing, this thing had better be spotless, man. You know, that's probably what's going through my mind. So, tell us from your from a commercial cleaning perspective, mm -hmm. what $900 really represents. Well, right. Like with any business, we have costs. So uh, there are labor costs. There's uh, rent and utilities, vehicles, insurance, uh, all kinds of costs uh, that are both uh, directly related to labor and those related to your general overhead. And so, like any business, we're going to charge a, a amount that hopefully covers our costs. <laughs> um, but it's funny because many people expect that white glove service on an economy budget. They want Ritz-Carlton service at Hampton in prices. <laughs> and, and who doesn't, right? I mean, we all, we all want that. Uh, but a lot of times this is caused by poor communication on the part of the provider, the cleaning provider. Uh, they haven't really communicated up front what they're doing and why it costs what it does. Uh, maybe they didn't bid it right, maybe they legitimately came in too low and aren't able to provide the services they thought they could. Uh, maybe they came in purposefully too low, that happens too. Um, you know, it could be that the needs and wants of the customer changed. Mm. Uh, maybe there was a problem with the communication in the beginning on, on that. And so all of that can, re, uh, can really uh, lead to uh, problems uh, with expectations. Sure. And ultimately communication is what can correct that and allow you to maintain that partnership for long term. And uh, it's, it's interesting to note because if we make a mistake and we have that strong partnership, like, like I said previously, we, we can overcome it and move on and, and everything's good. If we don't, oftentimes we wonder, oh, are we going to lose the account? Uh, what if this happens again? Yeah. And so uh, having that established partnership and having that open line of communication uh, is critical. And the other piece to that too is by having a, a clearly defined uh, task schedule that may change over time as long as you all agree and are on the same page, uh, that is a good starting point when we talk about as a cleaning company, talk with our customer about expectations. Sure. Because that's the, kind of the foundation for what everybody uh, expects to be done. And so uh, that is critical and crucial that we have that in place. Sure. And what Brian was talking about earlier is here's a kind of a pricing breakdown of what that actually looks like mm -hmm. from a commercial cleaning perspective. So when they see, so when a business owner sees $900, you know, commercial cleaning company, they see $831. And part of that is what labor costs, payroll costs, right. hiring and training, rent, utilities, supplies, supervision, vehicles, insurance, everything just to do that particular job. Well, like with any company that's providing an estimate or a quote, it's an estimate. So if we're coming in at $831 in estimated costs and we don't have much margin, we'd better be as close to that number as possible, not only to make profit, but to make sure we can cover what we've estimated. Sure. And it's, it's very critical that we do our best to be as accurate as possible. Um, but in this case, you can see in this example, and it's not a, a far off example from real life, 
we don't have a lot of uh, margin for profit in there. And, and that's something that in the cleaning industry, uh, you know, unfortunately, as I, I said, we're, we're a commoditized type industry based on public perception, that's part of it too. And that's something we're trying to overcome and that will take time. Yeah. Okay. So who does cleaning really serve? I think this is one of those hmm questions. <laughs> you know, I think when you, as a business owner, when I'm paying $900, I'm thinking it's serving me specifically because I know I'm paying $900 when I leave the office, when I come back in, I just expect it to be nice and rosy and clean. So I'm thinking just primarily about me, but you have a, as a commercial cleaning perspective, you guys have a different, broader view of that. Well, right. When you talk about who do we really serve, a lot of times it's really not our customer. It's our customers, customers, their employees, their guests and visitors to their facility. It might even be their board of directors who comes in from another state or another country. Uh, so a lot of times uh, it's not just the person we work with at that uh, facility or building or their particular employees, it's a lot more people, uh, vendors of theirs as well. So we have a lot of uh, different people we touch when we clean a facility. And you know, it's interesting because we're also uh, looking at the aesthetics and the actual cleanliness of the yes. building. And, and so uh, you know, l let me throw this out there. Uh, what do you think of when I mention con convenience store restroom? What comes to mind? <laughs> uh, so, so everybody kind of laughed there. But you have an image, right? So you might, you might know, hey, this convenience store is a better restroom. I'm going to drive 10 more minutes to get there than the other one because I need to use the restroom. Well, we all have an image of convenience store restrooms. Think about McDonald's 10 years ago. What, what did their restrooms and facilities kind of look like? Uh, think about a doctor's office you might go to, mm -hmm. or your, your kid's school, yeah. or other facilities you might frequent, and images pop to mind of what their restrooms look like, the, the rest of the facility looks like. And, and so that's very interesting because as, as a society, we've actually come to uh, have a certain level of acceptance and tolerance when it comes to service. Well, in our industry, by type of building or type of industry that we clean, we have that same type of tolerance and acceptance levels. And it's interesting because you still go use that convenience store restroom when you have to, <laughs> yeah. but you expect it to look a certain way, and, and that's not good. So uh, we're trying to change that. And as a commercial cleaning company, we try to change that across all industries and buildings we clean by providing a clean and safe work environment for all that are in that particular environment, whether it's the employees or visitors uh, alike. Ensuring that the customers and clients have a, a a good, memorable experience when they're there. Yeah. They don't walk away thinking, wow, this place didn't look good at all or wasn't clean. Sure. Um, maintaining the value of the property, uh, mm. I don't think it's, it's really understood that cleaning also helps to maintain value of property. It's an asset. You've got to keep it looking good and keep it clean. Upholding the highest standards of our customers and their particular brand and image is critical too. It's not just about upholding our brand and image, but we're there to help them uphold theirs. Uh, removing the burden of doing this in-house. So if a company decided to say, we're going to run our own janitorial service inside, we'll hire our own people, uh, buy our own products, our own supplies, own equipment, that's a huge undertaking, sure. especially for a very large uh, organization. So we, we do that for them. And then lastly, which is probably the most critical for our relationship purposes and our partnership purposes, is the, the person or people we work with have the burden of making sure the facility looks good and is clean. Yeah. They don't want headaches. They don't want us dropping the ball. They don't want to have to put out fires all the time. So our job is to make their life easier. Sure. Remove those burdens from their plate. And they're happy. We're happy. We make them look like rock stars. 
And that really helps us to perpetuate that partnership and sustain that partnership because they can count on us. And that's, yeah. that's absolutely critical. That's key. Okay. Now, what makes commercial cleaning a commodity? Again, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is this is the last, when I look at my overall expenses for the year, this is one of those expenses that I just don't plan for. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't come to the top of mind. But what makes this commercial cleaning industry such a commodity in that regard? Well, for starters, <laughs> you may find this hard to believe, but there are over 857,000 commercial mm -hmm. and residential related cleaning companies in the United States. So think about that in terms of the number of businesses per state, per city, per area, number of employees. Right. It's huge. It's mind-boggling, actually. So when you think about the competition we're up against and how many companies we might be bidding against at any time, uh, it's, it can be staggering. So with that said, uh, the propensity is for a lot of companies to go in on price and bid low to get the, uh, the business. And that has, over time, over years and decades, has, has created that commoditized feel for the industry that we are low value, low price. Um, that along with the mindset that uh, the people that do the cleaning um, aren't really needing an education, that aren't uh, required to be uh, uh, skilled, uh, that helps perpetuate that myth that anybody can do it. Sure. And, and then also, uh, as you can see on the screen, uh, wages aren't very high. Uh, $10.73 an hour uh, as of uh, the average for 2014 data that we have is, is not is not a, a large hourly rate and in many markets they're getting paid at minimum or just above so all of this combined helps to really perpetuate that commoditized uh, image of the of the industry and, and and the other thing to add too is when we do a good job as a cleaning company we rarely hear about it when we do a bad job even miss a trash can in the wrong office <laughs> oh we hear about it and, and and we should because we we didn't do the job uh, but you don't get the the attaboys and the recognition when, when sometimes you should. So that's a big piece of it too. But hopefully by building a partnership and having that open communication, we can change it. And we're also trying to change that by not being price driven. We want to be value driven. Sure. Uh, we want to base our offerings off the services that they need and want, not the services that we can provide because sometimes they might not connect. They might not be on the same page. We also need to treat our employees with respect, provide them recognition, give them the training and resources they need to do the jobs and do the jobs right, and we need to pay them competitive market wages. And uh, that will help, uh, I think, in a big way, change the image. Sure. And then as, as I just said, the communication piece is critical because that will build a long-term and sustainable partnership. You know, so I, you know, I want to reference the picture on the screen. There's a gentleman mopping. Mm -hmm. So is he just mopping? Uh, can anybody go do that? People might say, well, yeah, I can go do that. <laughs> well, we probably could and, and do a decent job. But would it meet the needs of the customer? Would it meet the standards of our company or other cleaning companies? The question might be the answer to that question might be no. You know, first of all, he had to prep the floor to be mopped. He has to use the right chemicals, the right amount of chemicals, and have the right tools and resources. He knows he needs to know how to use them properly, so that when he's done, the floor is clean and it looks clean, and it, there's no streaking, no other issues with it, and it has to be aesthetically pleasing, and it has to be clean. So when we when we look at what he's doing, he's not just mopping. There's a, there's a process. Yeah. And then you say, okay, well, he's also cleaning windows, cleaning bathrooms, toilets, sinks, counters, win uh, mirrors. Uh, he's vacuuming. He's doing a lot of other things, and he has to know the process for each of those. So as you can, as you can see, it's really not uh, that easy. Sure. Uh, you know, and so I, you know, one thing I'd like to add, too, is, uh, and this is something that uh, I, I learned a long time ago, 
just because it smells clean doesn't mean it's clean. Uh, you walk into a restroom and, oh, that's lemony fresh, or, oh, I'm out in a meadow. And uh, sometimes uh, that's a cover-up or a mask, a masking for the fact that it really didn't get clean. And, and that's something, if you're ever in the market for cleaning services, you have to know that. Just because it smells clean doesn't mean that it's clean. So look out for the Febreze scent. That's right. That's what it means. <laughs> well, let's go to the, obviously, that's a, some valuable information. And there's a lot of information I'm sure a lot of us did not know or actually, you know, it didn't come to mind. But let's uh, go to our studio audience and see if they have any questions for us. Is there anybody that has any questions for Brian? You, sir. Thank you. Welcome to Executive Talk. And what's your name, sir? Thank you. My name is Doug Phelps. Nice to meet you, Doug. And what's your question for Brian? Given all of this great information about the commercial cleaning industry, I'm curious to ask, what motivates someone to want to work for a cleaning company, let alone own one? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the reality is the people that work in the industry, the people that we work with day in and day out, uh, are good, hardworking, honest people uh, for the most part. I mean, it's just great to work with them. And you want to watch them develop and mature and, and grow in their life and in their job. And so that brings great satisfaction. Uh, there's also uh, a lot of pride in what we do. And when we see uh, the satisfaction in what we do and our people have that pride, it, it's a great feeling. It really is. And the relationship we build with customers. Uh, some customers are not just customers. They actually become friends. Mm. They go beyond that customer partnership model and they become friends. And so that's, that does happen. And also, it's a huge industry. As I said, 857,000 or more companies. Uh, so there's a lot of room for improvement, a lot of room for change and for growth. And I really believe we can make a difference uh, in the industry uh, for the better. Sure. All right. So, yeah. All right, good. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Doug. Uh, do we have any more questions out there? You, sir. And welcome to Executive Talk. What's your name? My name is Tom Wren. All right, nice, nice to meet you, Tom. Pleasure. And what, what question do you have for Brian here? So, Brian, uh, what key advice would you give to a potential customer that is out shopping in the marketplace looking for janitorial and or commercial cleaning services? Right. Um, well, I have a lot of advice, but I can knock it. <laughs> I can narrow it down to just a, a handful of uh, steps you can take. First of all. Uh, Ask lots of questions. Don't be afraid to ask lots of questions. That's critical. Um, look at at least three or more providers when you're doing your, your uh, search for a company and get multiple estimates. Uh, don't let price be your only uh, focus. Make sure you go beyond that and look at the value that's being provided as well for that price. Uh, you know, make sure the services agreement that you're going to sign is complete, comprehensive, and that you've knocked out any disagreement and you're all on the same page. Uh, make sure the task schedule is included and part of it and you agree to it and you're on the same page because that's critical. Determine how the vendor is going to communicate with you and be comfortable with that communication. If everything else is clicking and you just don't feel comfortable with that communication, you're going to have to live with that once they come on board and provide ser their services. So make sure you, you take note of that. Um, look at their presentation for thoroughness and content. If you get a sloppy presentation that has a great price and yeah, they might have uh, hit a few areas for you, be mindful that that's what the service might be like. So keep that in mind. And then listen to your gut. You know, when you're doing the final assessment, uh, don't disregard what your, your little inner voice is telling you. Thank you. Great, sure. thanks. Thank you. So Brian, we're, we're running close to time, but give us your final thoughts. And 
what is that what is that thing we all need to take home with us and just mm -hmm. go forward with out of this uh, out of everything that you said sure you know I, I think a big piece of this is to remember that yes aesthetics do really matter how you're building your office space your area of work uh, looks is critical and, and also, is it clean? Uh, don't ever forget that part. It, it can look good, but it has to be clean. But aesthetically pleasing facilities make a big difference. Uh, think of the images I, I invoked earlier of, of a convenience store restroom, you know, a, a McDonald's, uh, your doctor's office, uh, any other facilities you can think of. Just think about what comes to mind, and, and you have different images. Um, you know, ultimately, as a customer, uh, using commercial cleaning services, you have the ability uh, to make a change and make a difference because you select who's going to provide your services. So, so do that by understanding what their capabilities are, what they can deliver to you uh, based on your needs, wants, and desires, and make sure that you're getting a good value to price ratio and that it's something you, you agree to. And then don't be afraid to um, you know, assess the, the service uh, once they've started and communicate with them openly if they're not doing a good job, but also importantly, communicate with them openly when they are doing a good job and let them know. Um, but that's key to building a sustainable and long-lasting partnership, which we're all trying to do, uh, because then you, you eliminate that vendor-customer relationship. And the last thing I'd like to leave with you is as a commercial cleaning provider, um, there is a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction when we work with our, our customers and, and help them and we do a good job, but also when we work with our people, our employees, our staff, and watch them develop and our company grow and, and, we, and we do a good job as a, as a provider. There's a lot of satisfaction in that. Uh, but also building a strong uh, partnership with people and companies in our community is huge because then we all win. It's, it's, a, it's a success for everybody. And, and to me, I, I find that incredibly rewarding. Awesome, all right. So what I, what I like to do here um, for everybody, I'd like to introduce uh, Ms. Robin to the microphone, please. And Robin, if you don't mind introducing your company and what you guys actually provide. Yeah, hi, I'm Robin with Behind Your Hands Healing Center. And we offer massage therapy, energy work, yoga, other fitness classes, um, just to enhance the quality of your life. <laughs> And on top, on behalf of Executive Talk, we'd like to present you with a 60-minute massage. Oh, great. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. And you know, uh, Brian puts in a lot of, Brian and his company with commercial cleaning, you know, it's a very stressful industry, as you guys can imagine. So this is just our gift to you to say thank you so much for all your hard work in the marketplace and for you to continue doing what you're doing so definitely take her up on the massage or else are I'll you take available it. at four today <laughs> <laughs> thank you so but again thank you very much for all your work in thank the you very much thank you what i like to do is leave everybody else with a uh, executive talks final thought you know again we concern ourselves with a lot of things as business owners which is our brand and our our appearance ultimately but very rarely do we have time to really think about our office appearance and what that looks like what does it really mean what are we saying are we too busy to deal with that particular area because we're too busy making money? So again, think about all the aesthetics part of your business brand that you want to bring to the table because it's not surprisingly that somebody will actually come to your office. Okay, that could ruin that whole flow that you presented in the very first meeting. So really consider that as a thought process to your, to your business overall. And what I'd like to do is invite everybody to our Facebook fan page under Executive Talk, LinkedIn, YouTube, follow us on Twitter, and also Instagram. 
But in the meantime, Brian and I, we have to get back to work. So you guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.